0: Transforming care through genomic medicine, personalized therapeutics, health services and outcomes research, and innovations in health care delivery. We're Children's Mercy Kansas City, presenting our audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host, Dr. Michael Smith.
1: Welcome to Transformational Pediatrics. I'm Dr. Michael Smith, and our topic is polyposis, or organ drugs, the answer. My guest is Dr. Seth Septer. Dr. Scepter is a pediatric gastroenterologist and the director of the polyposis program at Children's Mercy Kansas City. Dr. Scepter, welcome to the show.
0: Hello. Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: So how big of a problem is hereditary polyposis and other uh, inherited gastrointestinal conditions?
0: Well, these are fairly rare conditions um, when you look at them individually, so... We take care of patients with familial adenomatous polyposis, or, or FAP. Um, is probably the most common syndrome. Um, some of the other conditions that we, we see in our clinic are Putes-Jager syndrome, juvenile polyposis, uh, P10, hammertoma syndrome. And so each of those individually is fairly rare. FAP is seen in probably about one in eight to 10,000, uh, individuals, but, um, uh, you know, that's not that rare. There's, there's a large number of kids that, that we take care of in our clinic here in Kansas city, um, with, with FAP. And so, um, you know, it's something that every, every couple weeks we have a new, a new patient diagnosed with this condition, it seems like. So, um, it's, it's, it's rare but not that rare is is how I would put All it.
1: Right. And what's the standard treatment approach for hereditary polyposis?
0: Yeah, so uh, kind of going back to to FAP, um it's one of the unfortunate things about it, it's it, if if left alone, it's got um basically a 100% lifetime risk of colon cancer. And so um to combat that, the really the only effective treatment at this point is, is colectomy or a surgery to remove the colon, um, which is great because it, it pretty much eliminates the risk of colon cancer, but it, it still leaves those patients with, with a smaller but continued risk for um, cancer of the small intestine, sometimes cancer of the rectum. Um, and so, um, you know, Hysterectomy is the standard of care, but it's it's not still not the perfect cure, unfortunately.
1: And so now, how is because I know this is kind of the work that you're focusing on. How is genetic testing, you know, changing the way that we're understanding uh, these conditions and and even treating these inherited conditions?
0: Yeah, so genetic
1: testing has been
0: uh, available and, and improving over over the last years or even a couple decades, Um, and in regards to FAP, we know the gene that the the mutation occurs on called the APC gene, and so um, a good percentage of the time, we're able to find that mutation and and give a solid diagnosis to a a patient and then subsequently test the rest of the family if they're at risk. We've also tried a lot of people have done a lot of work trying to determine um, whether the specific gene mutation that a patient has will help us predict their course um, so uh, what we call genotype phenotype correlations, where we match the very specific gene mutation to um, specific risks that may be higher in that in that patient. Um, and so that's been, it's helped us tailor our surveillance a little bit um, in, to each individual patient, do a little more personalized type of medicine, uh, know a little bit more what to expect for them um, based on their specific genetic mutation.
1: And, and it, so, Dr. Scepter, so some of the, you, you might have an uh, inherited polyposis syndrome, that has, you know, a, a very high chance of, you know, colon cancer as an adult. But knowing some of these mutations, um, we may be able to discover which mutations are associated with more aggressive cancers, um, uh, less aggressive yes. cancers, and that might then change how you're gonna you know, how you're gonna treat them today. Correct?
0: Yes. Yep. So there's there's certain mutations thought to be more aggressive, and so they may need the colectomy surgery earlier in life, there are mutations that seem to give a higher risk for some of the other cancers. We see thyroid cancer, uh, hepatoblastoma, which is a tumor of the liver, um, small intestinal cancer. So, you know, a a specific person with one of those mutations, you may watch the thyroid more closely or you may... um, watch the small intestine even more closely than you would on a, a different patient with a different mutation.
1: Well, how often, Dr. Scepter, are, are we using genetic testing in these cases? I mean, are, is this something that's really just done at the larger medical centers? Um, where are we at, I guess, in this whole uh, n- new era of, of genetic testing when it comes to polyposis?
0: Yeah, I, I think in today's day and age, you know, it, Anyone who's at who's suspected or is at high risk to have one of these conditions should should be tested. I think that's clear, um, and they should be tested sometime in the pediatric age group. Um, and so, you know, it's important to know what you're looking for to order the right test and be able to in, interpret it. Genetic counseling is incredibly important in in these cases. Um, you know, to make sure, again, that the gene testing is used in the appropriate way and, and and that the results are interpreted correctly and that the the rest of the family, if they might be at risk, um, is then tested appropriately. So, you know, I think it should be being done um, really anywhere. Um, uh, again, what you need is... is um, a genetic counselor and a physician who are familiar with the testing and and know you know what to order and how to interpret it
1: now let and let's let's switch gears a little bit here. What, tell me about some of the research you're doing now with the orphan drugs for these conditions?
0: yeah, so one of the projects that 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 I have um, been working on in collaboration with some some other people is uh, with FAP, you know, I mentioned the only real cure or the only real treatment is um, colectomy surgery. Medica It would be great if we had a medication that would either slow down the growth of these polyps or, in a perfect world, um, prevent the development of cancer. To this point, that's not been developed. Now we have. There's been some some somewhat promising. Ideas people have looked at using aspirin, uh, a medication called celecoxib, um, even things like omega-3 fatty acids. Those have all have been or are being looked at um, in an effort to slow down polyp growth or stop cancer. Doesn't seem like any of those, unfortunately, um, uh, are a long-term permanent fix. There may be some benefit to them. Um, so one of the things we're looking at is, uh, trying to find new potential treatments. And so looking at orphan drugs or drugs that have been used, um, in the past for all sorts of different reasons, a lot of them may not even be in use anymore. These may have been, um, you know, antibiotics or medications used 50 years ago that, um, that have been kind of abandoned and, and, um, uh, looking at those sorts of, of drugs again has, have developed new treatments for other sort of cancers and, and conditions. So, we're, we're trying to look at that. We're also looking at um, natural compounds, um, uh, you know, n- not medications, but, but uh, natural products and compounds that either alone or in conjunction with medications might do the same thing. Um you know, hoping to find uh, a medication or a natural compound that would slow the growth of these, these polyps and these um, cancers.
1: And, and where are you at in, in terms, I mean, are, are we doing, are you working in patients with this or are you in the lab still with this uh, in a Petri dish, uh, adding the orphan drug and seeing the kind of result you're getting? Where exactly are you, are you at in the research?
0: Yeah, we're still we're still in the lab. Um, we've got um, some grant funding in place, and so the the um, the projects are sort of ongoing, um, using using actual uh, polyp or adenoma cells, and um, you know the technology, you know, has been the the improvements in the technology for this have been amazing. There's um, the ability here at the uh, uh, Kansas University Medical Center um, and some of the people I'm collaborating with have the ability to test um, hundreds, even thousands of, of drugs and compounds um, sort of at once against these cells. And so um, basically we're, we're taking a shotgun approach, looking at a lot of different, mm-hmm. Medications and and compounds, and then the ones that look promising will study further um, in animal models and and hopefully clinical trials eventually.
1: Well, Dr. Scepter, I want to thank you for the the work that you're doing, and I want to thank you for coming on the show. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I am Dr. Michael Smith. Have a great day.